the Podjectivity Network. So we ended the last podcast with you, Dan, saying all of your abandoning of politics and letting go of rush and making room for other things, it just set the stage for what came next. Right. So what came next? Whew. Uh, Where to begin? Math, how does it start? What year are we talking about roughly here, Dan? This has to be 2008 or nine. All right, we've been jamming in Huck's Garage. Jamming music? Yep. And Playing old you all songs. played guitar, is that correct? Dan? Yeah, yeah. so I guess, okay. That Four electric go to guitar okay. <laughs> players and no bassist or exactly. drummer. Exactly. <laughs> Just a bunch of dads. Stay-at-home dads who are desperate to get out of their house in a way. Dan was Dan was the lone not stay-at-home dad working stiff, but he was desperate right. in his own way to get out. And 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 you'd had this history that we, we didn't know about, and you didn't tell any of us. But I could see that there was a reluctance of like, or there was a vulnerability of like, uh, is it all right if I play this? Or are you guys into this? Or I'm gonna try something here. And and then, but quickly, I think you you developed a sense that I was like old country was something that I'd missed out on I didn't I didn't know it so and and his his bemused sort of like shock and horror that I didn't know mama tried and songs like that and and educating me to like laying out Waylon you know uh, I knew Willie some, but there was a lot, big blind spots and and things that sure. I didn't know that Dan started filling in during these jams, and we started playing them. And they're great things to to pick up with, you know, if you just want to do something simple and kind of connect with people easily, you know, without tons of rehearsal. It's three chords. So we, we played a lot of that. I, I think it was really born, though, uh, you approached everybody i think one by one and you got to me last because i had a little bit of a heads up that you were going to come over and you were going to sell me on an idea oh yeah oh and i was like was well this before you okay. were playing as a band or after you were playing i think as that's a band? before i, I no, think we the... didn't start practicing it as a band until we had the tour to practice for what was the idea well Andy came to my house, came down to the basement. In Madison, back when you were in Madison. Back in, back in Madison, the Madison house, and laid out this vision that he'd always dreamed of using a hay wagon as a stage. We were going to travel across Iowa and play play music play shows we were gonna book shows what did it so there was so much there was so much of it (laughs) every part of it was huh (laughs) what we were gonna pull it with an old tractor we're gonna do what (laughs) and of course he knows i've got a soft spot for tractors so he sold me on that angle did you know how to play an instrument at this point barely well i'd played guitar since uh, got a, I got my guitar for Christmas and like you have the bass at that point. No, no, you so didn't. you, ah. 
you sold this idea. We we might have played together a little bit, but we had not tried to like arrange things. But we'd hung out. We'd hung out. What was clear was like, what was like, this is a guy that I want to spend more time with. Like and and Jer, it was clear that all these guys were like, oh, you know, it would be fun to do any number of things, and we had this propensity to just cook up the most asinine idea. One of the things that we thought about doing out at Huck's Farm was donkey jousting, for instance. <laughs> it, right. never, it never came to fruition. There's dads with little kids just so desperate to get out of the house and just like relax and anything blow off some but steam young children, just anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Mom, that's the time yeah, that moms it came get along. that too. Sure. Obviously. Human thing. Yeah. And and instead of poker, we played guitars and sang. That was our point of connection. So I was the one that had done a little performing and it was sort of my instinct to once we'd started playing a few songs and doing stuff like, Hey, uh, we could we could we could play out, that might be fun, huh? Just because I was used to, you know, doing it. And and a lot of those guys were like, um, Maybe. <laughs> yeah, Maybe pretty not. reluctant. Jeremy, so, Huck, Dan, pretty you, reluctant. Had you abandoned politics at this point? And you were like, what am I going to do with all my spare time? It, this It's right in that period. It, mm-hmm. it really is. Um, the whole bandwagon tour was, there was no political angle to it. But that too. was... So even the if you were still... The bandwagon tour was the one you were just talking about? You hatched that idea, I'm going to tell you, in December of '09. And I had just right lost. around the holidays, uh, yeah. And I had been I had been playing out with a dear friend of mine, uh, Dale Dale Kid, who passed away unexpectedly, and then inherited this sound system from him. Oh, there was and a that guitar. too. Yeah, you had a an unrequited. So I I I had all this feeling. gear all of a sudden and this grief to process. And I was like, what can I do that's meaningful with this gift? That is a bittersweet thing to receive. Yeah. What do I, how do I honor him? How do I, uh, what do I do with this? So that's sort of where the idea was born. Uh, what motivated it? There was also this sense of like shit. Uh, life is fragile. Life is brief. All of that. Because uh, Dale was how how old was he? Do you remember fifty something? Early fifties, probably. Yeah, yeah. Shocking. Uh, and and one of the most just vital alive people at any age you're yeah. ever going to encounter. So when that's gone, you feel mm-hmm. the absence in a profound way. And uh, I needed to fill it with something and um, do something grand in a way. And also as a as a connection to my dad, like there there had always been this gulf sort of between my dad being a farmer Uh a practically practical minded farmer dude and me being his weird artistic son uh and like the the bandwagon tour represented in a sense uh the he he would supply the tractor he would help build the stage something we could do together on the back of a trailer, you said? A uh, hay wagon. Hay wagon. Uh, yeah. It was a flat rack, essentially, is okay. also what it's called. And we just built a, a makeshift stage over it. And then signs decorated it with signs that we had from in the barn in this other area. And But it, the, the fact that, that at that point, like, I was raised, we could he could risk doing something stupid mm. and silly with me. And was also just like, 
you know, wanting to connect and and surprisingly down for it. So yeah. I was like, okay. So the introducing my friends that I had made to Who my dad. Who didn't really necessarily have the instruments mastered to actually nope. play the songs you were going to play. Far from mastered. Damn. No performance chops. Zero. Wow. But had never performed. I've got to say, I'm not just stroking my friend off, though. Dan took to the bass like Easy. he'd been playing it for a long time. <laughs> so just stroking the eggplant over there. But so it was yeah. <laughs> turning it purple. But he really did take to the bass. Big eyes emoji. <laughs> but he took to it like he'd played it for a long time. And, and that's why when I heard Kinda. Dickowitz, one of your relatives, played. My mom. Your dude. mom played the Santa My mom bass. played the bass fiddle, as she puts it. Wow. And that maybe there blood. was just there was just something there. I'm adopted, that, but that I'll take it. Doesn't matter. And and also the country that we were playing, you know, you can play roots. You can play, you know, through the changes. It's not rocket science, but also Dan, you just had a feel for it. I I have and, a bit of a feel. Yeah, and 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 he took to it like right away, and we were we were off and running. It was good enough because the the places that I aim to play for like old folks homes Mm -hmm. in these dying towns there was fuck all happening otherwise you know so any entertainment when we showed up in this one place when we showed up in this one place there was this woman who was like you know the leader of this community and was doing everything she could to keep this town alive and there was a historical museum that rural iowa towns yeah rural iowa town Mm -hmm. she was like when we pulled up she was like you're here i just I can't believe you guys are real. Oh my God. And that this is really happening. Was that in Kellogg? In Kellogg. Wow. That you guys, that you guys are really coming here to entertain us. Wow. So did it matter if we were, you know, who set all stars? Did you set up all the, the, I booked the gigs. Yep. And I double booked us on our first date, but we don't need to talk (laughs) about that. It's not important. (laughs) Move on. Next thing. Next thing. Dan. I'm trying to put this in context. My, I'm furiously scrolling in my phone, <laughs> trying to put this in context with the whole political stuff. Um, I guess I'll come back to that at some because point. Because you said, you implied you wouldn't have had room for this if you were still involved with your passionate conservative I think it still went life. on for a while after that. That's why I got to check my dates. But, ah. but you, Andy comes over and sells this idea to me. And the audacious but yet kind of low stakes nature of it was clear. Um, And the, you know, I think he just kind of knew. He could kind of read it on me, I guess, that, you know, this is just crazy enough to work. And it was a real, it was a real... uh, working stiff with little kids. You know, I wasn't thinking about doing audacious things Joy, and trying sure. new things. I wasn't thinking <laughs> of trying things. Ah. And, but then, but here it is. Here's the idea. And I'm sure that I said, well, dude, uh, I'm going to have to sell this on my family. going to have to talk to Lori about this because our kids were real little. I mean, and what Dan oh, did, what was, what, which oh, was also brilliant, was then he like booked, you know, while maybe I was having high times uh, sleeping in the monkey house another story uh community shelter uh camping drinking you lost me but partying, that's fine <laughs> whatever 
Dan would retreat back certain nights to be with his family at a hotel that had a water park. Uh-huh. And they were so it was a real. Ride, so yeah. so I, I told Lori this idea. So in 09, uh, our children are eight and six and six. And we had a baby in April of 09. Quincy was alive. Oh April 16th, 09. You did this with a fucking baby and six-year-old twins. So <laughs> I sold this idea to Lori, and it really was pretty quick. She was just kind of like, what else are we going to do? You know. And I was just like, really? How many weeks are we talking? Like, how much time off? It was a logistically. 10-day sojourn. 10-day. Did you have to take time off work then? Was this your vacation? Uh, oh, yeah. Took took some vacation days. And then, okay, so, yeah. Have to sell the idea to Lori. She bought in surprisingly fast because the mother of all those kids break up the monotony she's, she's and like, pretty desperate yeah and uh, i must say that i'd for just anything oh you know, totally just something yes and well i guess we can all go and well you like you seem to like this music thing and you guys I know you like the guys together though oh yeah you'd been to cake concerts together like she had that's part of her personality is she's got a little bit of free spiritedness. Oh yeah. It's like the whole spirit of the whole yeah. thing must have tickled Before her a little bit. Before those kids like, come along. Yeah. This is asinine. Let's yeah. go. And it was. And I'm sure I sold that adventure. The, the It is an adventure. Three hours away. So, um, once we all bought in, then we became a band in earnest. Who's, and, and, and who's the band? That who's, was the choice. You, Andy, you, Dan, on bass. Jeremy Higgins on lead guitar and vocal as well, rhythm guitar, and Matt Huckgent on mandolin, Nancy Rost on the keys. Nancy, Who's a drummer? Me also playing washboard. A no. lot of times we didn't have one. Okay. But if we did, it was Chris Meyer. Okay. Dan. And sometimes Alex Fortney would play drums for us. Dan. Washboard. And okay. then a washboard. That was my washboard, <laughs> on the chest. I think. What about my fucking washboard? Yeah, probably was. Mm. Yeah. So. Lost forever, somehow. But so, that's the time I got your record player. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say when you sold this idea, I hadn't played bass yet. But then once we decided we're a band and we're doing this, oh, better learn the bass. Somebody that was the like we can't have four guys that play guitar, <laughs> like so guitar. somebody has to. So Andy and I went to Guitar Center and bought the cheapest Squire bass and the cheapest little amp we could find. That's mm-hmm. why I sometimes call him Squire. We call and, him Squire. And. Uh, I mean, it just ha- it happened just that fast. I thought it was from Billy Squire. Nope. And that was Squire no, because of the space. Fender. Oh. Fender's knockoff. Fender knockoff. Squire is the Squire. Well, in my mind, it will always be from Billy Squire. Fair enough. Let it be what it has to be. But it's fine. that's the origin of Squire and the origin of him on bass. And really just in my memory, like it had been like he'd been playing bass forever. Uh, immediately. Stay at home dads, except you working yep, stiff right. on a tour. Ten days in Iowa, sleeping where? Combination of my dad's friends, like some of the people that he was in the service with, Mm. who had a dad, a father-in-law who just died, and his house was vacant then. Oh, vacant houses. Furnished with weird old man stuff. (laughs) So that made Literally, it all the, the better. Literally, the ghost was still there. The ghost was <laughs> drinking with us at the kitchen table. The next morning, there was just this fucking pile of Pabst cans in the corner. Uh, there were little, like, he'd had a Christmas diorama or, like, a tableau set up, and Huck was just 
going up and down. I remember he was downstairs and he was like, dude, you got to check this out. He was in a taxidermy or whatever. <laughs> that was. That I wasn't and I wasn't here. And for you were at stuff. the water park. I was at the water park hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then when we went to Kellogg, like we were going to camp in certain places and people would come up and say things like out of gratitude, you know, just, hey, where are you staying tonight? In a tent? No. Take the keys to this shelter house in the park and get away from the mosquitoes and all of this and then return them to me at my house and I will make you breakfast. That's amazing. Things like that happened. Yeah. And people opened up when you're a performer. Like, I'll bet you've experienced this a time or two. You get intimate. You reveal things. You do this personal thing. And then afterwards, when people come up and talk to you, the ice has been broken Hmm. and you're hearing about how... This guy also, they sent us off with like, he worked at a convenience store. So we got like 10 huge boxes of little bags of chips. (laughs) And he was like, get these away from me. My wife and I are trying to lose weight. We don't have health insurance since we lost our job at the factory. They just closed. Got personal. It got deep, fast. Hmm. And then, you know, but it was beautiful Mm -hmm. to have this exchange where we'd come and we'd kind of given of ourselves and people showered us with generosity wow. in return in the form of little How much kids. does a polar bear weigh? Um, 325? Enough to break the ice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dad joke. Bam! That's from a terrible movie. Uh, I, I gave a pretty good guess, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Thank you. How hot was it? Have you ever seen polar bears get it on before, by the way? No. Why no? Tangent. But I took my daughter <laughs> Whoa! and a friend to the Henry Vilas Zoo once. What? And they were, and they were zoo? fucking. What? And, and it was not gentle. <laughs> it was like jackhammer style. And oh I had to God. take both my daughter and friend and be like, let's go see what the grizzlies do. <laughs> oh, my God. Oof. <laughs> That yeah. sounds that sounds rough. It, that's how they like it, apparently. <laughs> um, but we were talking about polar bear sex. Wow. And I, I brought up polar bears. I, that's what I think of every time I hear polar bear. <laughs> Traumatized by it, really. I keep uh, oh the beginning. I keep coming back to the beginning of uh, because I'm a planner and like a box checker and all that kind of stuff. And so. This had a little bit of everything. It had the adventure and everything, but it also had the... Tractors. It had tractors, of course. Um, but it had the, we've got something to get ready for, which mm. was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And the just the infancy of picking songs, arranging songs, playing songs with other people. And Dan took over and with the whole branding. The infancy and like of this. His CAD drawings of the, you know, yeah, the, and, the, and the, the road sign image of a farmer on a tractor pulling a wagon with musical notes and and the the, the excitement yeah. of texting yeah. back and forth of like, hey, we got to have a name for ourselves. And I was like, what about bandwagon? And, and initially I said B-A-N-D uh-huh. wagon. And Dan writing back, how about B-A-N-N-E-D wagon. Because we're so hardcore. Because we're such badasses. We're such badasses. And it was so, you know, such so a great immedi- laugh. Immediately, like, branding and an image even, sort of. And uh, just all the things that go along with it were so fun. And to to come back to your original point, this kind of thing started 
killing the politics bug inside ah. me. That I was, I had something that was more fun than mm. just paying attention every day and getting upset about it. Yeah. Because I did check my dates here and that Act 10 business, I think it was like Valentine's Day of 2011 when that hit the fan and people started like occupying the Capitol and mm. stuff. It's so a different this is, kind of fun. Though. Through 2010 though, it started dying and that was the death knell. The Act 10 thing was the end of it for me. I, th- I quit. I think it's important though. For context. It's important to note that sometimes you can listen to all of this obnoxious noise and chatter on yep. on the cable you know uh, po- political shows and, and you wonder what drives us and what keeps us alive is like for some people that's their idea of a good time like a good angry debate yeah and trying to prove they're right and yep. all of that like that is that's that that makes them feel alive in a way that they don't necessarily get to step back from or have alternatives to do other things that give them that feeling that actually like provide a service. Yes. Make people yeah. If you don't watch it, your whole life can be noise for a lack of for something sure. else to do. Uh, it can be yeah. that simple. And th- for me, it really, I think it really was that. How nice is that? That someone's like, here's a purpose or here's like something useful that you can do with your time. And all you have to do is walk right into it. So got into the base, picked it up fast and country songs, of course. It's a no-brainer. That is, you were steeped, so deeply is, steeped in so much oh, old yeah. country. It was just like, an, and it still is, an endless reservoir. Like the guy yeah. could pick up the guitar right now and play you 300 classic <laughs> golden and, uh, AM gold country songs. We should record one. It is, um, it is a, a... They're a, just in there. A link mm. uh, to the past, I suppose. Like my dad was a big country music fan, mm. so... It just it checks all the boxes and is so gratifying in so many ways. Uh, so the first real milestone was, I think you booked us for some uh, spots at the. Uh, lake. I was I was wise enough to Cuff, know that our first lake? our first live performance shouldn't be when we're on tour. We should probably yeah, warm we had up, to cut our teeth a little and, bit first. And the lakeside coffee shop i don't know what my connection was to the place lakeside in madison yeah. by where gruber, where gruber used, to live. Yeah. used to live and they have this nice patio and yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. we were playing was inside. it always called that was it called lakeview on the lake, lake yeah lake something yeah, but that place yeah back when the before it was a bar and there was a bunch of fucking yarn in the front wait there's not yarn there anymore no it's a bar what i thought yeah. it was oh yeah well cl- there's nothing wrong with bars but i kind of yeah. like the coffee shop vibe well no it's a coffee shop, but the front space, there was this little front space uh-huh. that used to be full of yarn. Yeah. That's, they've turned into a bar. So you can drink beer and listen to classical guitar players well, okay. in there sometimes. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Much nicer than yarn, in my opinion. But uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with yarn. Yarn or beer. Y- yarn, or, yarn or classical guitar and beer. <laughs> mm. uh, but booking those shows was again like we filled the place with friends yeah the first night it was full of people like really? we talked it up enough that it was like my brother was there were you nervous people your brother was there? was there yeah everybody were you, were was you there. like no nah, well but i i just yeah knew. i was whatever that face is yes, of course because we've never done this before the, but the other hyped, beautiful we've gotten ourselves into it we've hyped it you, yeah. there's no going back what are you like, gonna do we're doing this. We're doing it. They su- Come the, see it. The great memory, too, of Dan at that point was they were charging some fucking ridiculous thing like $4 for a can of beer. Yeah. So Dan, like, we he we, he paid the piper for one of those shows and then the next time just came with like this, you know, 
I don't know what was it like, like a thermos? Coleman <laughs> like a Coleman water jug that I just filled with hams. <laughs> I was like, name? I'll show them and I'd take a big, you know. That's a good hand. <laughs> open the spigot and take a big swig. But we were desperate. We were, we're poor. No, but these guys I knew, like before we went out on the road, they needed to feel the pressure a little bit of a of an audience, hmm. have to deal with plugging stuff in and hearing feedback, and you yeah, know, to react to things, to logistics. deal with problems. In yeah, the just, yeah. just in the awkwardness of having a microphone stuck in your face. People talking while you're playing. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and so the lakeside was our place to work out some of those kinks and play sets, you know, and uh, interact with people a little bit too. But that was. You know, I just knew, too, that my part of the mission was to, like, uh, go and and speak. I, I, I had much greater ambitions than were accomplished in terms of, like, the elders of these communities. I wanted to record them. Mm-hmm. I did interview some of them, which is all lost. Oh, what happened to But I wanted to, to collect it? their stories. Eh, sad story. Let's not get into okay, it. Okay, let's not. But, Maybe later. but that was part of the plan. And part of the vision and like these guys were so respectful and so just wonderful and like the the generous the generosity we're all from rural places so we we got we get these people and after rural iowa just like john prine's got this song hello in there Mm -hmm. that speaks to this point about how lonely you know being a senior can be and how you just feel like you know you're old and in the way or you're just forgotten and all of that or that pearl jam song too cannot find a candle of thought to light your name fair enough and yes that whole lifetimes you guys remember that catching same, up with me mm-hmm. all these changes, changes taking place, place. yes mm-hmm. but small town but so there's some it felt so good to just shine a light on these folks a little bit mm. and like pay attention and and I had some of the most beautiful experiences in my life on that first day I remember this woman took me up to this second floor room where they had a piano that wasn't it was a little out of tune which made it that much more poignant (laughs) and she since I'd played for her she wanted to share some of her favorite hymns for me wow and she played them and she was telling me how she liked to play because it helped with her arthritis. Wow. But that she couldn't see very well because the, there were just like all these layers of tragedy, but also it was beautiful, you know, how she just kept music a part of her daily routine and that sustained her and that I was sharing it with her and then she was giving it back to me. Hmm. Then at one point she looked over and she smiled a little bit at the morbidity of it. She was just like, well... You want to hear what I want played at my funeral? Whoa. And I was like, okay. And then she gave a really like loving rendition of this song that she wants played at her funeral. And where, I was, where was that, this? That, this is how the goddamn tour started. I didn't want to break the spell. That, that was before a, I was even there. That was the first you day in Pocahontas. You guys were in Pocahontas, right? Yeah. And I joined you a day or were so later. Were you playing outside mm-hmm. these? retirement homes out and in both okay in that particular case we pulled up uh outside and they Mm -hmm. kind of sat there were these garages that opened up and they were kind of in the shade and had folding chairs set up did they recognize the songs yeah a lot of them they did and then we we had guys 
breaking out their harmonica collection and oh, talking wow. about how they got it when they were in the service and they brought it over from Japan or this and that. And, and Huck, I remember being really moved by how jazzed he was, or at least, you know, appeared to be for this guy so present and like, oh my God, you're, you know, the, the story of this guy's harmonicas and asking mm. him to play a little bit and loving every note that he played and showering these people with attention and affection and it was sincere we were all so happy to be doing it and they were so happy to be entertained it was like instant validation for doing it that was the first day i was like fuck yeah this is sometimes things exceed your expectations when you set them up not always not often man there's a lot it was a lot (laughs) so i joined the gang a couple days it had gotten off the ground and I joined you guys at your cousin's place. We did a little. We played a little on the wagon, and Dallas uh, Center. Dallas Center. Uh, whose place were we at? My aunt Terry's house. So that's where I think I met up with you guys, and it started feeling. Uh, it's. It, it was far from routine. Well, it was starting to feel routine, I guess. That. We showed up there. It had been hyped a little bit that we were going to play, so we plugged it in and played. So just the early days of that, of we expect to do this, like getting getting that in your mind, like I do this. This is what I do now. Uh, that was big, and it was the infancy. It was the beginning of this idea of you just speak things into existence, like. <laughs> How how'd this all happen? I'm well, a bass player now. We just apparently we just say we we just <laughs> I'm say on we do tour it, and, and you I'm do on it. tour in and Iowa. It, there's really no barrier to entry. Dan branded it with the wonderful phrase that's on the shirt. It wasn't just a tour of Iowa, the world tour of Iowa, because <laughs> everything's big. <laughs> everything's got to be big. Um, oh, and I went to my work, and I I got we had an office in Iowa. We had a couple offices in Iowa oh. when I worked at MSA. And I talked to this guy that was in our marketing department who was a band dude in his younger life. And it once, once always, you know, and I sold the idea to him and he was like, everyone's going to roll their eyes at this, but I will appropriate like 500 bucks or some amount of money. Put some gas in that tractor. It was nice. And we'll, we'll pretend, you know, that it's like, we're, it's sponsorship and you say some nice things about MSA when you're at these gigs. And nice. I think I actually did. I you think did. I actually held up my end and like, of got, course, how hard is it to say a name into a microphone? Yeah. And we did sell, we ended up selling all those shirts, uh, learned a lot of valuable, painful lessons from it too, but t-shirts. Yeah. We printed up t-shirts and are there any left with dates on them? Oh, they exist. Um, Why have I never gotten one of these T-shirts? Uh, because we How didn't get enough. How much are they? Two hundred dollars to make up back for the in the cost? day. They were like fifteen, I think. But right now it's probably two hundred. Uh, more like twenty five hundred. <laughs> um, but we learned like get more double X's and more XLs. You don't need any mediums or larges. You only need the big sizes because that's what everybody wants. But it was. Uh, it was the beginning of speaking things into existence and just doing things because you want to. Which, as you know, has where that's gone now. Uh, but that was the beginning of it. And that weird... You I don't know, know if I should say thank you or you're welcome. Kind of. Or like I'm sorry at this point, <laughs> I mean. All of them, really. Because yeah. it's all those things. 
because sometimes it goes terribly bad. Yeah. But sometimes it goes great. And the, the, like you said about the people, you know, you and we walked around Kellogg and we felt the despair in that little town hmm. this that we despair, were lifting for. Why? That Can you give a little context? Uh, that here's a, was it a factory town? Mm-hmm. At one there point. was a factory. It was it was a traditional farm so many town of these places. that then also had a large factory that that made uh, appliances for a long time, like washers, dryers, and such. And and I think one of the most remarkable things about this town is that as all of the farm business and the farm families sort of you know moved away and, mm-hmm. and dried up, like is happening everywhere. Yep. Uh, the factory also eventually then closed and moved probably overseas or, or somewhere else. Across the pond. Is my These mom's. people who had built their lives and raised their family there and were not prepared to just on their watch, sort of, and while they were alive, see their town disappear. Yeah. The vacant buildings on Main Street mm. that were in tough shape, they raised them and they moved an old one-room schoolhouse mm-hmm. onto Main Street. They moved... Uh, a church they then they they used some of this vacant space to just gather antiques and relics and things that were reflective of the people that lived in this community and that yeah, were they made turned in this the, community they turned the whole downtown into like a museum into a museum really local, local stuff yep. wow and it was it was an impressive museum and there were also yeah. like a, a workshop of all of these belt-driven tools and everything yeah. wow. in, in one. And Dan... These people took us around. Yeah. And it was that thing, like you were saying about how once you play for people, then they feel like they know you. Mm-hmm. Well, before we even played, just the fact we showed up, that that place, Kellogg, was special. That mm. They took us through all these buildings. Mm. And, you know, were we super interested in every single thing? Probably not. <laughs> but the reverence, the the... The respect that they showed us, we showed absolute reverence. We knew enough to to show that kind of reverence. And they, this is you know, how many days all like the that presidents that on it have? It was wow, you know. But yeah, it and it was it was showing awesome. us this stuff they were so proud of. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I yeah, we had some moments in those it, sheds. But it spoke, uh, Dan, yeah, Dan. Dan, I wish I had the footage because he had some great impromptu comedy where he was like, "I'm good with people." <laughs> he, but you were reading, <laughs> you were reading the advertisements for the old washers in a fifty style voice, you know. Yeah. And you you uh, you did that, and then gold, I Jerry, gold. <laughs> then I remember at one point you were pointing at all these fucking gnarly looking old table saws and belt driven saws and stuff, and you're like, "Hey, Nat, what do you notice here? It's a little lack of." Uh, Guards <laughs> of any yep. kind, oh, just yeah. like yeah, just an invitation to mangle your fucking hand or lose <laughs> fingers. It was just so crude, and it but it was a fascinating look back at. That's why I have that double-handed saw above Tough my fucking life. Oh yeah. yeah, and and the and the just wicked, gnarly looking tools that these Man. people forged their. It's no wonder survival. that town they should be proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And they these were their totems. These mm-hmm. were the, yeah. and it and it was like they weren't going out. There was a windmill also. Yeah. that they brought in and put 
in between a couple of these buildings, and it symbolized in a way. I'm getting goosebumps over here. You know why I, I was doing this, this for a long time? Yeah, because it yeah. was. I so I'm from you know nowhere, Wisconsin, out towards Merrimack. So like, I've related to the most rural, humble, uh, religious people all my life, and so seeing these people. Yeah, it wasn't my town or whatever, but I just knew them all. There's that farmer's prayer thing. Uh, we could Google it. But we stopped in a doorway and I read that because I had just not that long ago, there'd been a, we'd lost someone in my community. And that was in like the uh, the thing that they pass out with the guy's face on it, the little thing you take home. The book, oh, yeah. The little yeah. bookmark that you take home or whatever. That fresh off of that and like, Nothing could have illustrated how well I know these people more than that. Like, that this is important to them. This kind of stuff is important to them. Mm -hmm. So to take that time and to show that respect and then to get it back like we did. Yeah, uh, I mean, on one level, we were To just like, be loved like that. Is, we were is, like uh, dope-smoking, you know, uh, kind of crazy, wanting to set up donkey jousting, uh, you know, Greg Brown has this lyric, like we're a cross between our parents and hippies in a tent. In some ways, we were quite a bit different generationally from some of these folks. We were. And that was, but th we recognized. They even knew, like, we're from Madison. So they even knew, like, you know, how oh, liberal yeah, Madison yeah. is and stuff. Like, right. that but, kind of preceded us a And this bit. was, this happened in Kellogg, too. This symbolize, this, this speaks to what I'm, the difference that I'm talking about. Pretty well. It was it was hilarious. Remember, we got into town and we were starving and we wanted to get a drink. We were dusty from the road. And we sure were. Literally, fucking covered in gravel. Were you riding so, on the back of the flatbed thing? Hot guys and I, was I probably drove in a minivan. <laughs> I met how up how many miles minivan. per hour were you going on this thing? Depends if we had. There were some hills around there. We uh, there were a couple times when I put the clutch in and we probably hit over twenty miles an hour. Oh. I was no, thinking this is like creeping. forty. No, but I mean reaping across on a, the on a, countryside. But on a tractor, <laughs> you know, on a gravel road, it, okay. on a dry road, it kicks up dust, and we were fucking dirty and yeah. thirsty, and we were like, uh, "Where can we get, get a some drink? hams? Get, get where? Where can we get some fucking hams and a burger <laughs> around here?" here. <laughs> and, and this woman who greeted us, who was like, "Are you a mirage? Are you angels?" <laughs> who was also the curator of the museum with her husband. She was like, "Well, I'm afraid all we have." open right now is the bar and huh. you know i don't know if you want to go in there because it's a uh, like a house of ill repute so <laughs> yeah they, they, there's like three dudes they serve alcohol three depressed guys they serve stools. alcohol in there <laughs> and huck had this great just classic kind of on the spot rye response of like well i might try one <laughs> <laughs> i'll give it a shot oh, well i'll see if i like it i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went in there, and uh, yeah, but but the moment we stepped off the tractor, and it was just people kind of showering. They they blocked off the street. The community works yeah. had the loader that moved the bleachers from the baseball field Whoa. over by the over by the elevators, and the sound of our amplifiers echoing off those big concrete elevators was yeah was was kind of wonderful and then the community came out and they set up a huge grill 
and they started like growing the Lions, hamburgers. The Lions Club or whatever. Oh. Serving people. Yeah, it was a hamburger feed. And we didn't and have anything to do with this. They just, once they found out that a free show was coming into town, the community rallied. That's incredible. And there might, in those bleachers, there might have been 50 people. Maybe. Something like that. Maybe. That's the kind of, that's the scale of crowd we had. That still sounds like a lot to me. But in of all people of all ages. population oh, yeah, of yeah. Couple hundred maybe, but was. I mean the yeah. set, the tragedy of what was happening there, and the tragedy of the of the, of the, of the characters yeah. was never was never not clear. Jeez, like there man. were, there was this moment that I'll never be able to forget. Where afterwards, when we were leaving town, there was this woman who came up when we were fueling up as we were leaving, and she was like, "Yeah, I, I came down when I heard the music, and it reminded me of like my dad used to play." those Hank Williams songs and and then she started pouring her whole life story out and it was the saddest fucking thing you've ever heard about. Yeah. They don't let me go down to the bar anymore because, you know, she'd made an ass of herself and whatever else. Huh. And had been like she was your poster child of just like hard times and in a bad place. But yeah. like hard to get out. She, yeah. And yeah. what happens when you get out is there's no one left and then the town goes but, down. but the point was, she was happy. For she was? There. Oh, Our while you were there. Uh, yeah. When we played. And, and so it was this weird mix of like, Jesus Christ, uh. you're, you're nailing a spike in my heart, but also kind of validating what we're doing at the same time all, all at once. They, uh, especially Kellogg, that place was special. They, we couldn't leave. I mean, people wanted huh. to just talk. That talk, shirt, one talk, of those shirts, can talk, can talk, can talk, can made talk, the museum. So we were in the Kellogg what? Museum. That's right. That's right. Oh my God! Yeah. Your T-shirt, bandwagon T-shirt, made the Kellogg Museum. So we, Hell it was. Yeah. The thing was all conceived and fun and all that sort of thing. But this kind of stuff happened. These. Amazing. I haven't thought about this stuff in years, obviously, but the wow. these poignant things happened, and that level of gratitude we got from people you know it's uh and it's my first time you know wow. i've played in front of people like five times or something and <laughs> it was in these weird places you know the and kellogg we were on this hill and the bleachers were like way down the the situations were like oh it could have been why didn't we just like go closer to him or Things talking like a lot of it. things like that. Like, why did we play so far away? Like talking what? about it makes me want to make the bandwagon ride again. <laughs> so, from Kellogg, let's uh, let's see here. Let's look at the back of the shirt for the listeners. This is good pod. <laughs> uh, Dallas Center. What was Urbandale? Urbandale was uh, Living History Farms. Living History Farms. Yeah, it was yeah. Like Old World Wisconsin. We right. We played there. Okay. That was modestly successful. The, the greatest thing about that gig was it forced us to drive the bandwagon, the tractor and the wagon into the largest city in Iowa and out of it Ugh. and like navigate interstate traffic and stuff. And my dad was like, dude, I've got this. <laughs> was that? So it's just a good dad said moment. Like, this is going to be a little hairy. Don't worry. I've got, I've got the wheel. So that, yeah, that living history farm. Sure. And, and on my way out, I remember, out of town on the way to Kellogg because Kellogg was the next stop out of, after Urbandale. Yeah. Uh, in this city, hardcore kind of city context, driving my tractor through it, pulling my 
asinine wagon and everything through the cracks in the in the concrete of the city was a single stalk of corn Aww. waving there i remember looking at it it was like sometimes a poem just yeah that that is perfect to your experience or whatever that resonates so much just you don't have to write it you don't have to conceive it it's just like spanish harlem it's growing in the street it's never seen the sun. Uh, give me a give me a second take on that later. I can't. But there's <laughs> the rose in Spanish Harlem is growing up in the street, right up through the concrete, but soft mm-hmm. and sweet and gleaming. Mm. It was kind of one of those things. So we went to Kellogg. Then it's like then it goes Iowa City, Amana, Iowa City, Amana. So one of the Iowa cities was the State Fair, correct? Mm. So we played in a cow barn at the State Fair. Cool. Uh, was what it was like shit though? What no. was the first Amana? The second Amana was that Bill brewery. Street. That's the second Amana. But the first Amana was something else. What was that first one? Got to think about that. So the State Fair gig, though, that was fun. Like, my folks came down. I think Lori's folks came down. Wow. Fun. Because um, State Fairs are fun anyway. To There's support us, you know, stuff. because this was so crazy. Dan interviewed um, the Pork Queen. I interviewed, yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> the fair. What was was? Is that kind of like Miss America? Yes, for of, the county for the pork? state fair. Yeah, I remember there was a guy uh, who was uh, what would you call it? He was a little bit handicapped. Uh, he saw us in that cow barn and he s- just f- f- freaked. He was he was apparently from North Carolina and he could not stop asking us if we knew any. Any of them North Carolina songs, <laughs> and he was he was a little simple, you know. We could all kind of tell, but we had that, a bluegrass. There again, it's one we just. It's not like we even like set the precedent. It's just how it was. Like anyone who wanted to talk to us, talk to us, I and had, we were nice to everybody. Yeah, and listened to everybody. And if people had requests, we tried to play what they wanted to hear. This Our, really sounds like the template for your whole vision of the band going forward of well, like everybody's welcome this brings people together well, i guess we'll get to that in a minute but i want to get through some of these other gigs though that happened like i don't remember what a mana one was you but know what a mana it, two was that what brewery this, what this re- what this reflection makes me realize is that although the other gigs were like memorable in their own ways kellogg mm. was the place that was really the was. moment in the tour you know, that sort of, and, and the funny thing too is like, it might have been the last place that I booked as an afterthought of sort mm. of just, we need a pit stop between here you're, and there. I don't think you're very far off. I think yeah. that's kind of how it. Who knew how so, many lives you would change just by stopping there? Yeah. And who knows if anybody is even alive that remembers it or cares anymore anyway uh, that from there. But, but that. It speaks a little bit to like how important it is to like plan versus sometimes serendipity steps in and something that was even kind of half-assed or poorly planned becomes like this magnificent moment. And like there's nothing more lonely than feeling like you're forgotten. Mm, And when someone makes a point to come to your town and play for you, you know you're not forgotten. The work that you're about to do, I think, with hospice care and massage – like people who are who are if if we can speak about that for sure a second. i just got a job with hospice 
mm-hmm. doing massage. Mm-hmm. Woot! Where she will be putting healing hands on people who are facing death. And you want to talk about a lonely place. Yeah, potentially. Or what could be potentially a lonely place. And you're, you know, what what more direct way of saying you're not being abandoned right. as you go into this. You're not I'm alone. going to, mm-hmm. you know, give you my... My loving attention. You're going to ask these people for their stories too, aren't you? We'll see. Some of them, the ones that I, because I shadowed for a day, some of them were more coherent than others. So stories would be welcome for sure. Some will, some Mm -hmm. won't, some can't. You have a way, I think, of making people feel comfortable also. Indeed. And, And Making them feel like they can trust you so they can talk. And I'm sure you'll get some. Well, they can't trust me. I'm gentle. I'm caring. <laughs> I care. Yeah. Yeah. But how do, how do they know? How do people know that? And you just can communicate that, I guess. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah. Hmm. So we played at some sort of like a state park, I think was one of those Amanas. Maybe. Like, remember, it was a good gig. Uh, we played, somebody met us for the gig, like Gruber, Gruber came down. We played a m- little more up-tempo, a little more. We played like our Prince stuff. I think we always did, but that was a small. Country and Prince? That's right. Because <laughs> When Doves Cry is a pretty popular song. So that was another different kind of night. Like the, what was that? Uh, Old World Farms, uh, 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 it was Living History Living Farms. History Farms. You have all these different kinds of things, well. One night it was at like this state park kind of feel, kind of like a Devil's Lake kind of feel. We played it at like a shelter to a small 10, 12 people, 15, I don't know. But right. really enthusiastic crowd. Really? Like we really, we really won over a crowd of people that were, you know, if you were seeing us, you had like nothing else going on or it was <laughs> accidental. And that was another special night. Our friend Gruber came down and played with us. And I want to say that's like Mar was even with us then, too. Because he yeah. came down for the end and played some of the bigger shows. Yeah, well, the, the so we actually had a drummer, too, who's really fucking skilled. Which oh, yeah. makes yeah, us he sound was a really Jedi. good. And he probably still is. So a, a night like that, like nobody saw us. 10, 12 people. But they loved us. And we played encores for these people. They well, were we hooting and hollering <laughs> for us. You know, how much, what, what more can I, what more well, can you ask for? Well, one of the cool of that? stops that we made was uh, to break up the monotony of like just driving down a gravel road in a tractor for fucking hours and hours and miles, even though we we're happy yeah, to do it. Because like, I'm staying in hotels and stuff with my family for the most part, because <laughs> they eventually went home. They like bailed out towards the end. But yeah, Huck and Andy were on the tractor. Somebody had to get that tractor all the way across the state. Hmm. I slept in beds. I drove in a van. And they but, went but 18 miles clean an hour. So like hotel sheets. All the way. So if we so if we stayed so if we encountered something like one room schoolhouses are still they still exist on certain th- sections on uh, corners mm-hmm. of certain sections and they're in various states of disrepair. Typically section 16 of a township. That's a surveying thing. All right. Excellent. Thank you. All Dan. right. Thank so you. I must have been a, that was known as the school section. Thank you very much. And You're uh so <laughs> Huck and I encountered one of those outside of Kellogg onto our way to Amana in that way. So we just pulled over and explored it and went in there and actually shot a little video of performance wow. inside it. And 
Um, you guys did stuff. That's right. You did stuff. All along yeah. the way, they did stuff like that. Stop and do something meaningful. Stop and just do something. Stop and take advantage of the po- poetry that's there. You know, sort of kind of soak it up. And but there was this, you know, steel like galvanized steel, rusty old pail in there that we took for ourselves because no one was going to miss it, and we nailed it up, and that was going to be our tip bucket. Oh, sure. For the rest of the tour. And when we got to Amana and we played the Millstream Brewery, we realized that people who are fucking drunk tip really well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the tour and ended kind of triumphantly. So, so they were just shoveling cash into this bucket, <laughs> right? But we had to get to the World Horseshoe Throwing Championships in Cedar Rapids in the same <laughs> World day. World Horseshoe. Yeah, so that was... So this wow. thing kind of ends. We played these... It started out, you know, playing at nursing homes and stuff like that. And there's all these poignant moments, you know, and it actually did end kind of triumphantly. We played at this brewery on like a Saturday. Yeah. So and people good were crowd. just couldn't and empty had, their wallets enough into this bucket. And Mar wow. was there. This is what brought it to mind. So, but we were in kind of a hurry because we were driving a fucking tractor mm. and it was going to take a while to get yeah, to Yeah, we Cedar had to Rapids. get from a man in a Cedar Rapids for the World Horseshoe Throwing Championships, <laughs> which in spirit, in the spirit of the thing, as we were planning and booking i shouldn't say we you and huck huck was behind this too he was a horse because he's guy. a horseshoe guy and he knew about it ah. those kind of touches though like we're gonna play at the world horseshoe thing so we really focused on stuff like that like yeah this is gonna be i huge. just want to stress that it wasn't national it was world and um <laughs> but but what happened like that the was world hilarious. tour of no, iowa but there's or no, actually the world no we ended up playing we got Yooksky. so close though to that we got so close we played Yuxki with some guys from oh, what yeah, the fuck is right? some Scandinavian country that is it was a like small a ho- small horseshoe game. It's a it, this is another sidebar for another time. But let me get to the <laughs> bucket and the story of Mar. Right, because so we did driving. all that on video. We we video- interviewed those people, and we... so there was a bit of a of a scramble to tear down and get everything battened down or whatever mm-hmm. to, to haul ass as, as much as we could yeah if to you're Cedar driving Rapids, tractor speed tractor, and, <laughs> and we left all the cash in that barrel <gasps> in that in the, but no! it, was, it was it was in the the can that was hanging off the side of the yeah the tractor and at some point you know i'm driving 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 i look back mar and huck are just smoking away <laughs> back there and having a grand old time but then i look back and there's there's this dollar bill <laughs> 20s 10s no! Five, no. just flying out of the side oh. of the bucket so you know i pull over immediately <laughs> and we all jump out and it's just tall grass dishes it's lost oh no all of our ca- all of the cash I didn't know about it. i was in a minivan so but I there was a little bit of, there was a little bit of an international scene mm. i had hoped that was one of those cases where like the projection and what you imagine didn't live up to the reality it was a little bit of anticlimax for that to be the final show of the gig it was and hmm. they did 100 yards away that well 100 yards away there was but. a minor league baseball stadium filled with people and yeah. we went we should have played at that yeah but, you know we booked how it booked and we played and we played Yuxki people with those this. those norwegians or whatever who were like really cool so you take your experience and, and my neighbor doug pal they bought his, shirts and his partner kate Drove from Madison down to Cedar Rapids Aww. to be there and yeah, see. We us. saw some friendly faces. You know, like I, no regrets really no. overall. Just an interesting exercise in like there's a gap between how you envision things and how things 
turn out. So like Kellogg was a perfect example on the opposite end of the spectrum where we didn't expect shit. And then. Yeah. It's like a little taste of touring. Little taste. Yeah. The brewery on the Saturday. We really felt like rock stars. Do you think Uh, it because he was. And your money flew away. There was a. There was a guy there named Dan. We're pretty sure he was gay. He really liked all of us. Yeah. He particularly liked Dan. Got pretty flirtatious with uh, old Dan here. (laughs) Here's another thing that happened. So (laughs) five, six, eight days before this. Yeah. You guys had something something on the rack, like the roof kind of gave way. uh, And you got a flat. You, you, there was yeah. all kinds of we issues. Broke down, we broke down a couple times. Broke Those down. are great stories in and of themselves. Did you want to tell it? Or? Well, how do you? My reason the... for bringing that up was the next house that they broke down in front of, or the last house they broke down in front of, and some kind Iowans did all they could to help. Yeah, dropped everything. Wow. They showed up in Amana at this brewery. Wow. Like, when 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 it was uh, when we were kind of tearing down and everything. These people approached Nath and yeah. Huck. Oh, I and forgot about that. That they showed up for a show and they were like, "Hey, yeah, remember us? We helped you." And, and oh my uh, god, you told us we were, you were doing this thing, and here we are. And so there was a beautiful connection. Yeah, they they was showed it, up. You ha- you were already like done though. No, we, no, we were playing. Oh, you were. And they showed up. Oh my god. But afterwards, of course. Then so like I wasn't there for the breakdown and stuff. Yeah. But so j- just another one of these moments, like. We're done and we're tearing everything down and we're kind of in a hurry. But here's these people hmm. that like these guys was... bumped into and helped them. And oh, the laughing and the slapping on the back <laughs> and the hugs and the, the pictures. Wow. And the, it was it was just a another good, moment. It was a good like exercise. That. I think like if you live inside your insulated everyday routine, like you can become a little bit cynical about, you know, the people who cut you off on the belt line and whatever oh, yeah. else and just get a get a view of humanity that's mm-hmm. a little bit like you know jaded maybe at that point but put yourself out there in a, in another way in a different context where you are in need then like uh the so there were four posts i remember two befores that ran up from the corners to hold this makeshift roof over the shed and we were bouncing along and one of them popped off uh. the edge and i had a screw gun and some things ordinarily there but we had like temporarily had a base around iowa city where we'd unloaded some stuff and long story short i didn't have what i needed to fix it on the road and not enough for a major like that was the it was that held the roof up like you didn't have i i I, I would have had it but anyway i didn't have it at this point we were on the side of the road so i just walked over to the first house literally yeah that i knocked on it was a woman who was alone Mm -hmm. and i was a man she'd never seen before in her life Mm mm-hmm I made my case. Mm-hmm. I described what was going on. It's honestly pointed as I could. to the to the to the, to tra- the tractor. To the See, <laughs> and she's oh, what had happened was. <laughs> so, this but what she did, like, uh-huh. what she did was, <laughs> and yeah. what, and not like yeah. peeking through the the curtain. She like opened the door, but on a tractor, standing in front of me. <laughs> and she just said, "Well, my husband's With away right now, but his tools are in the garage oh right God. over there." So wow. just help yourself to anything you need in his toolbox yeah. and in the garage to my house. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I went and got what I needed, fixed it quickly, brought it back with many thanks, went down the road a ways further, 
And then finally, after however many hundred miles, surely, the 3020 John Deere in the 60s said, fuck this, and stopped. Uh Uh-oh. And had some problems. And and the farmers, the next place, again, the first place that I stopped, explained what was going on. It was the case where the woman had the plier belt on. Ah. And she was kind of running the farm with her two kids. I was a strange man. Yeah. But she was like, hey. Let's 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 get a log chain and like get this thing off the road and up into <laughs> our yard and and then have some lemonade while my <laughs> while we take a look at this. And then her husband came home from work and he changed out of his work clothes right away and started tearing up, you know, the looking at the starter and looking at the, pro, you know, trying to troubleshoot it and doing everything he could. And they couldn't fix it, but they offered to store it. At their place, well, I contacted the John Deere repairman. He came and fixed it, and he was a singing fucking repairman. <laughs> so we had a moment with him. Like, everything became a moment, you know. But it re- re- restored our faith, oh. my faith, a little bit. And like, you, these are my people. Yeah. You know, farm I'm people. Proud, these I'm, are yeah. farm people. I'm proud of being an Iowan for a reason, mm-hmm. you know. And this is, this, is, this is reaffirming why. And every stupid thing that happened... Every up and down, however the gigs went, triumphant, kind of embarrassing, whatever. But it just the the sum total of all of it was just like, I mean, we were. I'm there was kind of a like, well, God wants us to, <laughs> He wants this to succeed. So these things would happen. Like you'll never guess what happened. The roof fell off, and we walked up to this house, and these people fix it, and whatever. And we're just like, yeah, of course, of course they did, because this is. Because Jesus wills it. It's like the Blues Brothers. We're on a mission from God. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You couldn't make the reference to a more devout. Don't you blaspheme in here. Don't you blaspheme in here. (laughs) Yeah. I like that, though. That's what happened. When you're like, I have a problem, and the first thing out of their mouth is, how can I help? Let Mm -hmm. me stop everything that I'm doing. Hey, stranger. That's right. I don't know you, but. Come into my garage and take your, you know. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see my husband's drill again, you know, but no thought. Yeah. Hey, obviously take any of these dangerous weapons, man. I don't know. And use them at your leisure. Hey, guy that obviously didn't plan this very well. Where are you guys staying again? Feel free to. No, fuck that. Yeah. Here's the key to this place. Bring it back. and, And that became a whole story in and of itself. Like we went over for breakfast. They made a nice breakfast. And then we heard the whole story of their life. Oh, and wow. She was in musical theater. Mm. I ended up singing with her. Oh, my God. You know, it was a it was it was it was a once in a lifetime thing. I mean, I, I talk when we talk about it, it makes it gives me an itch and I want to go out and do something like that again if I could. But even if I don't, I just feel gratitude that it fucking happened that we pulled off the improbable. <laughs> We talked wow. our wives into it. We just somehow, yeah, no. yeah. And when we did finish, like the last gig at that My horseshoe dad thing, said, sure, because it wasn't the most triumphant. That people, no. we set up outside. Sort of anticlimactic this. at it the was, end, it but was. yeah, we set up outside basically like the Dane County Coliseum, mm. on one side of like a walkway in and out, and people pretty much took us or left us. Mostly left us. <laughs> it it wasn't the most triumphant, but when it was over, yeah. The hugs, you know, that we actually did it and it was time to like tear it down and head back home. Yeah. With all this under our belts.